welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 270 of the podcast. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. It means so much to me and to our guests who love sharing their motherhood journeys with you. Today, we have an incredible guest, and that is Ashley Reeves. You may not know her as Ashley Reeves very much because she mostly goes as Ashley's Fresh Fix online, and I have been a longtime fan and follower and got to meet her this past year in person finally, and she is just as wonderful and vibrant as you might expect her to be um, in the way she comes across online. She's a mother of four, including three three boys and one girl. She's an entrepreneur. She's an influencer. She's a busy, busy lady. And we're going to talk about all of those things. Plus the message she really wants to get out about body image. She herself has talked about her struggles with body image and acceptance and self-love. And I love the work she's doing in that space, giving people the permission to love themselves just right where they are. I think it is such a powerful message, not only for moms out there to hear, but also we need to really be cognizant of how we speak and think about ourselves. That modeling we do is going to translate to our kids and their impressions of themselves and the way they view other people as well. It's a great conversation. I can't wait for you to get to know Ashley even better. So let's get to it with Ashley Reeves. All right. I'm thrilled to be chatting with Ashley Reeves today. Hey, Ashley. Hey, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? Really good. Good. I had such a great time meeting you when I was in Utah last year for Allison's Brand School. That was so great. Was it last year? It, well, it was it March. Like it was... So oh, Mar- you... oh, earlier this last year. Last school okay. year. Like, yeah. <laughs> last school year, it all runs together. How did the summer yeah. go for you? Did you survive? Yes, we barely survived, but we did. I had like, I actually had a pretty good summer with my kids. It was the first summer where they could all swim independently and like they are just a little bit more able to entertain themselves. So I didn't feel as worn out as I normally do. We actually had a pretty good summer, but you know, it's still four kids home all day. So (laughs) same, same. I know. And I felt like the days felt really long, but suddenly it was like, Oh, it's August. Oh, we're almost there. It was great. (laughs) Well, I have just been a fan and follower of yours for a long time. I really admire what you share online in terms of your life and motherhood in particular. And I'm just excited to dive a little deeper to hear more about your motherhood journey today. Thank you. I love listening to your podcast, so I'm super excited to be on it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. So for people that may not know you, you are Ashley's Fresh Fix, but will you give a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah, um, my name is Ashley, and I live in Utah. I have four kids. I have three boys and a baby girl at the end. And I, um, let's see, I work online. I have an Instagram, Ashley's Fresh Fix, where where I do most of my work. Um, I do a lot of influencer work, working with different companies. I um, developed my own app with a really cool team this year. So I have a favorites meal planning app, which I really love. It's been a huge undertaking and then also I work with the Allison show um with her brand school we help run workshops and I coach at the workshops and those are kind of the projects I'm currently juggling okay let's talk about favorites your app yes I am obsessed 
Oh, good. I'm glad you like it. Like every component that you think, oh, if only there was a calendar. There's a calendar. If only there was a yeah. grocery list capability. There's a grocery <laughs> list capability. If only I could like check off the things I already have. Ashley, you thought of literally everything. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. We tried to. We just, you know, we had a goal. I just had this vision of, you know, we all, I think, I feel like life is so crazy and busy for everyone. And I just like that was something we were experiencing as a family is these really rushed um, days. And I just really wanted that experience of our family together at dinner every night around the table. Um, but it was a really hard thing to get to because the whole process of meal planning just took forever. You know, you would like try to think of meals or you'd look through cookbooks or you'd look on Pinterest and pin something with like 4 million other recipes. And then how do you go get the Pinterest and then trying to write up a shopping list and then trying to set like it was a mess. So our whole purpose with Savories is to make the meal planning process as slick and fast as possible. So you can actually make that time for your family and have dinner together with you know, hardly any pain points. So we're improving it every day. It's been really fun to launch. We did it in beta testing first and it was actually so beneficial because we thought we had pretty much a perfect product and then you launch in beta and you get a lot of feedback like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what you're missing. That's something we're missing. So it's been really good. We just polish it every day to get it closer to where we need it. And we still have a lot of big goals with it, but it's been really great. Yeah. And I mean, Having the food part of it and the family aspect of everything, it, it is in line with what you're really passionate about. But, I mean, developing an app, there's had to be a okay. lot of unknowns. Have you enjoyed that process or what have you yeah. learned What have you learned along it's, the way? It looks funny because when I tell people that um, I developed an app, they're like, oh, my goodness, you must be so smart. So that's really not <laughs> – the process for me has been a really great team. I work with a couple – I work with four other people and, you know, there's a really great team developer that's on top of everything and then there's people who do all the back end stuff and then I work with a guy that's kind of the head of the project so I was really um I don't know so I come in and I do what I'm good at which is marketing and fine-tuning the product and making sure it's something you know like I'm basically the target customer base so I want to make sure it's something that I'm there's a lot I work with a lot of men and so they need some like womanly input on the products and Anyways, it's a really good team. I do not know how to like actually code and develop an app. I just know what I like and then we send it to them and they're really good about figuring out the logistics to make it work. Um, but there is a lot of meetings that I smile and nod. <laughs> where I'm like, yeah, I know what that means. Like with all the techie stuff, I don't. <laughs> so, well, but, I you think know, it's kind of fun because we all bring our strengths to the table and they're completely fascinated and confused with social media and how that works, but they're excited um, to have my expertise, and I, of course, I'm so jazzed about having them there. So it's been a really fun group of people. Well, I think that really just speaks to the fact that if you have an idea, if you have a passion, if you have a solution that's meeting a problem that you're experiencing every day, even if you don't have all the skills to wear every hat involved in taking it from point A to point Z, there's lots of people that you can get on your team yeah. to bring in that would yeah. love to help, I'm sure. So not that yes. that's easy by any means, but it's worth it because look at the outcome. So I'm going to link to that over in show notes and everything because it's literally saving my bacon. I talk about it to awesome. everybody. I'm so glad. I'm I so download glad. it on people's phones. I mean, it's like what I do with podcasts. I'm like, do you know you have a podcast app on your phone you can't delete? Did you know that? Let me show you how to subscribe to mine. And then I'm like, okay, and you don't have favorites. Let me download that one for you too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing my job, Ashley. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. I'm so you glad. Love it, love it. Well, let's go back to early, early motherhood. How old is your oldest son now? 
He actually just turned 10 in April. Oh, gosh. So let's go back 10 years when you were <laughs> embarking upon motherhood. And I'm sure that oh, you had goodness. some kind of vision of what it would be like. Was it what you thought it would be? And kind of how did motherhood unfold for you? Um, I Do you ever talk to moms who had an easy transition to one? No, never, <laughs> never. I was – so excited when I found out I was pregnant and it wasn't completely planned. And I actually found out the first day that I was teaching, I got a new teaching job as a first grade teacher. And I found out on the first day of school, I took a positive pregnancy test and I was really nervous because at the time when I got my job, the principal I was working for had um, asked me if I had planned to have a baby, which, you know, now it, it's 10 years ago. I'm like, that's pr- not legal now, but and I don't know if it was then, but I, I told him not in the near future. And he said something along the lines of, you know, well, we just have a lot of girls who come here and want to have a free baby on the district. And I remember that line sticking out to me and I was just so scared. So I tried to hide my pregnancy for a really long time for about five months. I think I did while I was working. I just remember being so sick and throwing up while trying to teach first graders and trying to like not let anyone say our teacher was throwing up today. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was really a weird thing trying to hide a pregnancy, but I mean, from my family, my family knew, I just didn't want the people I worked with. Um, but once I told him and it all, it all worked out, it was fine. Um, it was, I felt like I didn't, it didn't feel real till, you know, halfway through. Um, I felt really excited and, everything I thought was going to be great. And I remember hearing people talk about postpartum stuff. And I remember thinking it sounded crazy because I was so excited to have this little baby. And, um, he was, he was born and he was breech. And so we had some like last minute plans where I was supposed to deliver him. And they said, well, actually you're going to need to have a C-section. And I was, you know, scared and petrified. And anyways, I think there was a lot of things that happened that I wasn't planning on last minute. Um, he was, he didn't nurse well, like everything just turned into a disaster within a couple of days. Um, I remember when they sent me home from the hospital, like begging them not to send me home. And I said, I don't know how to take care of a baby. Don't like, I was just like begging them not to send me home. And I remember when they said, well, we'll see you in two weeks at his two week checkup. And I was like, no one's going to check on him for two weeks. Like it just seemed impossible. But, um, and honestly, like I had, it was, it was really hard. It was the end of the school year. I had him in April and we just went into the summer and it's kind of sad. I remember very little about that summer. I was just in a really like dark place. And I just remember feeling like my life was over and I'd made this huge mistake and I was never going to sleep again. And, you know, I, ha- I actually had some really like disturbing thoughts when I think back at it. I remember it was just when like Facebook and blogs were coming out. And I remember seeing pictures of people smiling and holding their babies. And I remember just thinking, fakers, everyone is faking it. (laughs) Nobody can ever smile and have a baby. And one of my best childhood friends had had a baby about eight months before me. And I was like, she's a good person. Why would she lie about this? Like, and I just felt like it was this big conspiracy that everyone was playing into. But, you know, like, of course the clouds lifted. I honestly, in retrospect, probably should have been on some kind of medication because it was real rough. And I don't remember much about the first three months. Um, three months, four months, but I did go back to work and it was good for me going back to work. I think, um, when the school year started and yeah, it was not, it was not an easy transition, but things definitely, um, shook out. Like I, you know, got better. I got in a routine going back to work was good for me for a little bit. I only worked for another year after he was born, but, um, 
I think it kind of got me social again with people and um I don't know it was hard to explain I didn't have any professional help I think I probably should have now as an older lady 34 I look back and I'm like yeah I probably should have <laughs> searched out for something but I just really wasn't like people don't talk about it like you know they do now so but you know luckily we all came out ahead and we're all we're all fine. <laughs> well, and when you're in the thick of it and you're not expecting to look for those certain markers, um, you know, that would indicate postpartum depression or anxiety, when you're in the thick of it, you can't see things accurately. So unless somebody's looking in on you and is recognizing those things in yourself, or unless you have a plan in place to check in or whatever. And I've since heard from mental health professionals that recommend, you know, having a counselor or a therapist or somebody at your six-week checkup that you can check in with as well as your physical body and getting clearance for all the things, why would you not do a mental health checkup? Checking little boxes at the doctor's office that you're probably lying about anyways because you want to be a good first-time mom. Yeah. Who is that (laughs) helping? Nobody. 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 No. And so for your second and your third and your fourth, did you adjust your expectations since you just knew better kind of what you were in for or was it just as challenging – with each new addition? Um, with my second one, I think, it, so I feel like the first one manifested itself as depression. Mm-hmm. And the second one, I was ready for the depression because I, they were only two years apart, but I did feel removed enough that I recognized what had happened. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to plan ahead and like, I'll know how to handle it. But it was definitely anxiety then came rushing in with my second one. And I actually got hospitalized. Like I left the hospital and I got hospitalized the next day because I thought I was having a blood clot and because I had C-sections and I just felt like all this pain in my chest and I was like, oh, I have a blood clot. So I went to the ER and they were putting me through like the, was it the CT scan or whatever? And, you know, it turns out everything was fine, but wow. <laughs> like, there was literally nothing wrong with me, but I stayed at the hospital the whole night because it felt like I was, it just was a crazy anxiety attack. Wow. Um, so it was a little, but luckily with that I was just like put me on something right now like I need something to be in check because I can't afford you know a two thousand dollar medical bill every time I get anxious yeah so um but really on because I think because I was aware and even though it was looked a little different with the second one um I don't remember the second one being that hard he um in a lot of ways I felt like at least with my kids two years apart was easier than three years apart. Cause those two, it was like the two year old barely noticed there was a new baby there. And by the time you have a three year old that they definitely noticed. And then there's also all these expectations of a three year old. Like that's when you really have to start actually, you know, parenting and disciplining and making sure they're a behaved human and potty training and they're just doing all this stuff. So I don't know. One to two to me didn't feel that hard. And I was home and I wasn't working. I didn't have a ton else going on. Um, so two is fine. Three, I actually posted about this in my Instagram stories the other day, but three like killed me dead. Like <laughs> it knocked me sideways so hard. And um, I I joked because I used to have this gratitude journal that I was really good about keeping. I would just write something little every day like, oh, I'm so grateful that, you know, I'm home with my kids. or I'm so grateful that we were, I don't know, just little things every day, like something cute that my kid did. It was literally just one sentence. And I was so good almost every day I was writing something in there and I actually found it about a month or two ago in our old boxes and like no joke the last entry was we brought Parker home from the hospital (laughs) (laughs) 
and he's really cute. He has hair. Like that was literally the last day I had time for anything of the sort of any time. You're like, like Ashley, you still it. there? Yeah. It was just I laughed. I sent a picture to my husband. It was so funny to me because that's really when I feel like I lost, I lost control of my life really. But um, but definitely like expectations changed, and I cared way less about stuff I used to make a big deal about you know, the kids had to be in matching pajamas every night. And they were like, there was all these stupid things I cared about. I, I vividly remember the day I decided I don't care what they wear to sleep in. I'm like, they can wear a t-shirt, they can wear unmatched pajamas. Like it just felt like this big wave of relief, not to worry about digging through to find the matching shirt, the matching pants and all that stuff. It's like just stupid and stuff. I don't know. It's funny. But then by the fourth, my expectations were so low that it was real. Like, honestly, four <laughs> felt really easy because what I expected to do every day was like keep everyone alive. And if they were breathing, I felt good about the day. And I don't know. And then, in a lot of ways, I think I've just enjoyed four more because I have way lower expectations and I understand anxiety better. I feel like I, I feel like. Maybe around the third is when comparison stuff was kind of hard for me. Um, and he's he's almost six, but I, I'm trying to remember exactly because I know there was a phase where I definitely felt like I didn't look the part of a good mom. That's when all Pinterest mm. and all that crap comes out and makes you feel bad about yourself. But mm. um, I don't know. Like, I just didn't really care anymore. <laughs> I was too tired to care. I was too busy to care. So um, by the time I had my fourth, I just, I felt like I was in a really good place and I was so grateful to have another baby and I knew she was my last and I don't know, everything just felt easy with four. So and honestly, in a lot of ways, I always say four kids is easier than one, at yeah. least for me. It was. Yeah, you do feel a lot of pressure and you just don't know what to expect. And so especially if you're an achiever your whole life, like I would venture to say that yes. you and I both were, you know, it's like if you work hard, you get this outcome. If you do this, then you do this. If you read this book, you ace this test. Yes. I'm in the middle of potty yes. training right now. And I literally picked my three-year-old up from preschool in a different set of clothes than when I dropped him off in on Thursday. And I'm like, yep, that went really well that first day. Perfect. Those are not his clothes. We just do the best we can. But now I can like laugh about it and, you know, and it's not like, oh, I'm lowering my expectations to the point where, like, nobody's going to be productive citizens. It's just I feel like I'm prioritizing yeah. my expectations that are most important. And, yes. and Prioritizing and is the perfect way yeah, to Yeah, I'm it. leaning off of the expectations that don't really matter. And maybe the world tells me they should matter, but I'm not – I'm not in the business of shoulds anymore. I don't have time for that. Exactly. No, I love that. It's so true because really I feel like that stuff is such a distraction and it really takes you away from the things that actually do matter with your kids. Mm. Um, and I feel like, I just feel like we're bombarded now more than ever with um, different opinions about what mothering looks like or how it should be. And it's just like when you really fall into what your motherhood experience is and recognize that it's different from everyone else's it's just a really comfortable place to be like I know um you know like I'm a working mom and I used to feel insecure about that and now I'm just like this is what it's like for us it doesn't make me like less of a mom this way or that way like at the end of the day I know I'm doing what's best for me and what's best for my kids and I just don't I just really don't care about the stuff I used to care about yeah <laughs> and it just feels really refreshing and it feels more enjoyable and 
I don't know. It's, it's still hard. Like being a mom is so hard, but I just appreciate it a different way. And it just, I don't know. I'm like, do, does anyone have the time? I just don't have the time anymore to, you know, feel bad about stuff that doesn't really matter. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the things that are most important to me that I want my kids to know and learn they're learning. And, you know, I want them to be good people. I want them to be empathetic. I want them to be kind, like those kind of things I know they're learning. And so, um, that's just what I, like my mental checklist for a good mom is like, Hey, are they happy? Are they being productive? Are they trying their best? Like, and I feel like they're doing those things. And I just had an interview with Jessica Turner who wrote a book called Stretch Too Thin and it's specifically geared mm-hmm. towards working mothers. She's a working mother. And um, we talked about how it's important to like, you know, catalog your day and realize like, where are you spending your time? How are you spending your time? Because then you can really, you know, bring to the surface the areas where you might be wasting some time or you could swap out some things that you value more, things like that. But we also talked yeah. about, and I had this realization that it's not only the the time and the activities, but it's the energy you spend on thinking about comparison, guilt, uh, worrying, yeah. all of those things. You also have a capacity, not only of hours, but a capacity of energy. And if you yes. are spending 30% of your day worrying about that you didn't bring homemade cupcakes to the bake sale and like all the <laughs> other mothers, you could have filled that time with anything else that was far more productive, but you probably don't even realize how much time and energy, I guess, you're squandering that could yeah. be used on so much better stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Hey everyone, I know you are loving my conversation with Ashley, but I wanted to thank one of our show sponsors and that is Myro. Myro is making deodorant better. They make their natural deodorant with essential oils that release over time to keep you fresh and extra dry. Their formula is hardworking, long-lasting, and no toxic anything. 0% aluminum, zero parabens, and their ingredients are clinically tested for safety and efficacy. So here's how Myro works. You can choose your scent, your case, and your color, get a refresh of it every three months delivered straight to your door, conveniently timed for when most people run out, like me, and then you can switch scents, press pause, or stop literally anytime you want. It is in the cutest case, you are gonna love it, and I want you to give this natural deodorant a try. I was seriously on the hunt for natural deodorant so that I was taking good care of my body. I knew all the toxins and the harmful chemicals were not a good thing, but I was opting for easy access. So I love that Myro really addressed that by their easy delivery service and the packaging could not be cuter. Myro delivers obsession-worthy, naturally effective deodorant that looks as good as it smells. So if you want to get 50% off of your first order and get started today for just $5, visit mymyro.com slash EMP and use promo code EMP. That's mymyro, M-Y-M-Y-R-O.com slash EMP and use promo code EMP. Thank you so much to Myro for sponsoring this podcast. I hope you will give this special offer a try. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Ashley. So as you have been sharing online, and and I'm sure that you fall into the trap of comparison online too sometimes, are you ever worried or I'm sure you consider like what you put out and how that serves a comparison for other people, like seeming like you, you're doing it all. You have it all together. Look at your beautiful mm-hmm. family. Look at what you're doing and achieving. So how do you handle that for yourself? And then when you find yourself falling in that trap, comparing yourself to others, just speak to that mom that's kind of experiencing that right now. And, and what, yeah. have you, what have you found? 
basically I remember um, when I actually first wanted to start my Instagram account, I kind of I kind of started my Instagram account around healthy eating and I was really into the whole 30 at the time and at the time, this was years ago, Whole30 didn't even have their own Instagram account. And so I kind of started going on there. I started sharing about it. And um, I just remember wanting to hold, like, I kind of was embarrassed to do it because I felt like I didn't look the part of someone who was super, um, you know, like the CrossFit moms that were at the gym all the time. And I saw tons of those people on Instagram. Um, and even people who would share healthy recipes, right, just was like, I really enjoy doing it, but I don't feel like I look the part. Um, so I remember that comparison being really strong, and mm. it really almost held me back, which is just, it's really crazy because what I do right now is, like, literally so fulfilling and brings so much happiness into my life and has been this massive um, financial blessing in our lives. And it's crazy to think we could have missed out on all this because of this stupid comparison, um, luckily I just kind of decided to not worry about it, even though it felt really embarrassing when I said I was doing that account. And even when I started the account, I was really hesitant to ever post a picture of myself. I was just sharing food recipes and felt great about that. Um, but there, there came a point and then eventually I just stopped doing the whole 30 and then, then I was like, oh, I'm going to lose all my followers because they were just here for that. And gradually I just started sharing little bits and pieces of myself and I actually found the people who were like me. I didn't have CrossFit people following me for like the best pizza recipes. I found um, the woman who was trying her best, who appreciated healthy living, but maybe isn't like some major diehard. Um, and I found a lot of women who had the same, like maybe insecurities and reservations that I did. And so I just feel like I was able, by being able to step out and being different and not focusing on the comparison and just kind of being myself who I was, I was able to find my people. And I feel like that's why I've been so blessed with this awesome community online that are different than anyone else. Like I, I have a lot of um, friends that, you know, are like fashion bloggers and everything. And that's, that's great. Um, they're great people. And they have different people. My people, I meet them all the time and they're, they really are just like me. And I feel like I have found them so well and they're so, um, I don't know, like, I just like we get each other on a different kind of level. And so I do think there was a space that I didn't see because I felt like I didn't belong in the space, but I didn't see the space that was waiting that needed um, someone to talk about the things I was willing and able to talk about. Um, so I mm. think that for me, it started with comparison. I'm really glad I pushed it aside. I think that, you know, even if you're not sharing stuff online, just finding your people in life, I think is about setting those comparisons aside. And when you're looking for friends and whatever, sometimes I think people see what they think friendship looks like. And they're like, oh, I want to be friends with those people. But like, what if you just found your people that you didn't have to try hard for, that you didn't have to be something different? Um, like, and I, I unfortunately, just because the way my brain works in my life, I think a lot about it in a social media respect, you know, but there's, it's really applicable in your everyday life. Um, like I just, I remember thinking, oh, when you get on Instagram, you post pretty pictures of your kids running through the field and that's like what a good Instagrammer is. But now I just like laugh when I see those pictures because I'm like, that's like the farthest thing from what I want to be sharing online. I don't know. It's just like I do it my own way and I do it how it feels comfortable to me. And it's really helped me find the people that I, um, that I love. And honestly, 
it's, I mean, I don't want to say I never compare myself, but compared to what it, cause that would not be, you know, like real life, but I actually have a really positive experience when I'm online right now because I don't really get into that headspace anymore because I do feel so comfortable with who I am and what my message is. And I feel connected to my purpose online so much more than, um, what it looks like, I guess, if that makes sense. It does totally make sense. And I think that sometimes we forget that the people that we follow are people that we choose to follow. And mm-hmm. if something's not working for you or it makes you feel a certain way, like it's it's your choice and, and your right and your ability to, to choose who you're following. And, you know, if you're on Whole30 but you're stressed out by the CrossFitters who are representing Whole30 and that doesn't feel like a connection to you, there are people like you or, or pick another niche, you know, a, a beauty blogger, yeah. a fashion blogger. Don't follow the people that look so unlike you or live so unlike you or spend so unlike you. Yeah. Find the people that like, build you up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that people do complain a lot about social media, but it really is. It can be the best experience for you online because you really can pick exactly who you want to follow. Yes. And I don't, you know, I'm, I know I'm not for everyone and I'm fine if not everyone in the world follows me or whatever. I just think that like you really have the ability to tailor your online experience and you get to choose the kind of accounts you follow and who you engage with. And if, yeah, if you notice yourself like having some adverse reactions to people you're following, unfollow. It's not a big deal. I think, um, I just think it's a shame when people miss out on social media because they feel like it's this evil, awful place of, you know, I'm feeling bad about myself and whatnot. And like, obviously you want to be in a healthy mental space to be online, but you really have a lot more power than you think you do when you're on the because you can choose in most cases what you're seeing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I I could not agree more. So something I think a lot about lately, I have my kids are kind of similar ages, eight, six, and three, all boys. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going for the girl, but you got your girl, so that that like never <laughs> I happens. I, didn't go, I, didn't go I know. I, I don't know if you hate this, but I hated when people would be like all the time. Oh, you was so ready for the girl. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to. I just made sure that I I wanted a baby, no matter what. It was. You have to want a baby. You have to want a baby, and then I'm mm-hmm. sure now that you have the girl, it's like that's your payout. But you're like. I have like yeah, other kids no, that are pretty it's great. It's like a really weird conversation <laughs> to have with people because, of course, I love her and I'm glad she's here, but yeah. it's not. It's people just say stupid things. You are not <laughs> shortchanged by only having one gender, especially if it's all yeah. boys. I, like yeah. somehow that's different. Anyway, I'm like I feel like I still feel like I claim the boy mom, even though I have a girl now. I'm like I still feel like yes. I did all boys for eight years. I feel like I claim the boy mom title and. You Three can, boys in a row, man. That is that'll like do, yeah. Hard work. <laughs> it is. It's, it's like that forever. <laughs> it's so crazy and so fun. But at least they have each other. Because I don't like wrestle, and at least they have each oh other gosh. to wrestle with. I'm not down with that, man. No, me either. But as I'm really thinking about how to be the best parent I can be, the best mom I can be, what I've come up with is reading more self-help books and working more on myself is the best way to be a better mom and show up for my kids because I'm modeling healthy behavior, healthy thinking, healthy eating, healthy activity, all these things. But if I'm unhealthy or it's not working in certain aspects of my life, you know, not that it's ever going to be all perfect, but no amount of telling them how to be is going to turn them into great adults because ultimately what I do is going to be a greater influence over them versus what I tell them to do. So in terms of body image and self-love and confidence, 
and accepting others as they are and accepting yourself as you are. What have you learned about how to talk about yourself in front of your kids? Way more than just to love yourself as yourself, but the model that you want to give to your kids, both your boys and your little girl. What have you learned? Yeah. You know, I think I was, I've always, before I got really into body positivity and stuff, which honestly has just been the last couple of years where I've really embraced like my body, what it is and what it can do, not what it looks like. But before, before any of that, I actually was raised in a home that was really um, wonderful in so many ways, like wonderful family, wonderful people wonderful intentions, but dieting was a really big topic at my house. And Mm -hmm. it was out of, it was out of meaning. Well, my parents met well, but they, you know, they wanted us to be healthy and it was just something that was talked about all the time. And it turned out to be a negative experience and that it was not something that ever brought, like, I don't think joy into our lives as kids. And so I just knew when I had my own kids that I didn't want that to be a thing. And so um, I've never, I've always been aware of not speaking about food and dieting and whatever in front of my kids, just because that, that was my childhood and it was a negative enough experience that I didn't want to take that moving forward. And, you know, I hate saying that because it makes, I think it makes my family or my parents seem like bad people. They're wonderful people mm-hmm. that had really good intentions. Yeah, And I think there's just more education now about how to have those conversations um, of, you know, concern my, you know, cause a lot of, I had seven siblings and a lot of us were kind of like on the chubbier side. And I know my parents were just trying to help, but, and there was never anything critical. Like no one was calling anyone fat or anything, but it was like, Hey, we have these genes and we need to be doing this and with this. Like you don't want to be overweight when you are a teenager. Cause that's a miserable experience. And just like, mm-hmm. just, it was just talked about all the time. And so, um, anyways, it's just, so I just knew going forward with my kids, I didn't want to do that. So I've never honestly struggled where I'm talking negatively about myself in front of my kids. Um, we do talk about food in a, uh, strong way like hey if you eat this kind of food it makes you stronger if it make you make this if you eat you know too much mac and cheese it makes you really tired you can't run as fast like we kind of talk about it like that um and then as far as like body stuff with my boys my little girl's just she's really little still Mm -hmm. so I feel like I mostly have the conversations with the boys but you know I my oldest um he's really sweet but he's just kind of little which is the opposite of me and my husband are both very tall but he's he's just a little shorter than all the other kids his age and I remember going to the first basketball practice of his when he was in third grade two years ago and I just started bawling on the sidelines because he really was behind the other kids and he was just smaller he wasn't as fast as them and um I didn't want him to see me upset about it I just felt really bad for him um but you know, we got in the car and he was like, I just want to quit. Um, I'm not as fast as they are. and I'm not as good as they are. And I just, I honestly almost wanted him to quit because I didn't want him to feel that way. Mm. But I was like, you know what? You signed up for this. Let's just finish the year. You're going to get better. You're going to try harder. Like you're going to get stronger the more you practice. And if you want to quit at the end of the year, you can, but let's just try this year. And it was a really, really cool experience to watch him try and honestly still be behind the other kids for the whole year but he tried and he made a shot at the end of the year it was like the movies it was the best. <laughs> uh, 
slow and, motion. Oh, yeah, it seriously was so great. And now he, um, it's just been so fun. So now he really enjoys basketball and he's still, he's still, you know, there's a lot of kids that are, that just are at a different level than him, but he enjoys it and he has fun. Um, so we talk a lot about like, Hey, you remember when you tried really hard and you were practicing and you helped your body get stronger because you were trying every day. Like he would go in our backyard and he would shoot a hundred baskets a day. Um, he was just really putting effort into it. And, um, so we kind of talk about it like that, like, you know, you can, your body can do cool things when you're trying and you can focus on things. And, um, I, I also, I don't know. I just feel like we've always talked about it in like a strong thing, like mm-hmm. food is fuel to make you stronger and you can practice to make your body stronger to do certain things. Yeah. Um, and it's not and only I, what we're saying to our kids, it's getting in the pool with your kids because you're okay yeah. in a swimsuit. It is, yeah. you know, sharing the birthday dessert instead of your kids always saying, nope, mom always pushes it away, you mm-hmm. know? And and yeah. so it's what we're letting everything represent and the meaning that they're learning from us just by what we're doing. And sometimes yeah. it's not congruent, you know? I can think of yeah. times where it was like that and it's definitely never intentional by our well-meaning parents. Absolutely. Yeah. But I can, you know, I'm sure I do this as well and I'm still working through this. Yeah. Um, when you say about the swimsuit thing, that's actually been a really fun part of the message I share online just because same thing. I had a beautiful, wonderful mom who just never went swimming with us. And I honestly have never asked her why, because I don't want her to, I don't know. I just, I love my parents. I don't want them to feel guilty or sad about anything, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't know why she didn't, but she never swam with us ever. I still don't know how she had so many kids and never got in the pool because there was a lot of us and we <laughs> swam all the time. <laughs> like, how, how are we all still right? You know, but, um, anyways, so I just, you know, I remember like you start having babies, your body starts looking different, and you start having to go to these things and swim parties and family reunions. And I have all these like beautiful petite sister in laws and. I remember when we first went camping um, with my husband's family, just feeling like so massive, like, oh, I don't want to be here. I like look so gross, like just feeling so negative and down about myself and choosing to like just sit on the side. And I remember the feeling. It's just it's so depressing. It's like I remember the feeling of missing out, wishing I looked a certain way so I could have like. Wish I looked that way. It's like. And then I know I'll do this. It doesn't matter what I look like. And it, the, I was surrounded by people who love me. Like I actually really enjoy my in-laws. A lot of people don't (laughs) mind. And I'm like, no one's judging me. No one's worrying about it. And it was just like, I used to wear, you know, um, like these long swim shorts to cover up my thighs and like t-shirts on top of my swim. Like I used to wear all this junk on top of a swimsuit (laughs) and it was just so uncomfortable. And I remember like, just deciding I didn't want to do that anymore. And I think a lot of that, you know, was along the same lines of changing standards and what I cared about. And I just realized like, I want to have fun with my kids. I want to go in the pools with them. And I want, it's so much easier to keep track of your kids and you're actually swimming with them also. Um, but I just had so much more fun and I felt freer. And then I also just kind of was like, who cares? Like who really cares if my legs have cellulite on them which my legs have always been my biggest insecurity ever since I was a kid but like who really cares if you look at my legs and you're like oh my gosh she has cellulite and you're shocked I'm like then you probably weren't that observant in the first place like I'm a bigger girl I'm like I don't and 
people are at the pool, they're so worried about what they look like. They actually are really looking around at other people because yes. I couldn't tell you what anyone I go to the pool with is ever wearing because I'm so like, ooh, like just trying to cover myself up and feeling so insecure about myself. And when you think about that, like it feels like the most terrifying 10 seconds to walk from your towel to the pool. Like when you take your towel off and run to the pool, like trying to jump in before anyone sees you, <laughs> it feels like the most terrifying, but I'm like, no one's looking, no, no one's watching. Like no. really they're not. And yeah. mm -hmm. I don't know. I just like, once I just stopped caring and I was having so much fun and I just, I don't know, I just, you feel better. And then like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I just wasn't willing to sacrifice that with my kids for my insecurities. And some of the funnest times I've had with my kids are like swimming and going camping and like doing all the stuff where you're in some suits or whatever. And I'm just glad I didn't pass it up. Yeah. And your kids are going to remember those memories, not what you look like. Yeah. And the photos, when you look back at the end of your life, you know, and you're looking through, it's like, where's mom? You know, like mm -hmm. you don't want to not be in those photos because you're afraid, you know, of being on the end in a line and, and you have the arm out, you know, like it's just yeah. so dumb. The things that keep us from living our lives. I put out an yeah. episode like two years ago called how to get noticed at the pool and the point of that episode was nobody's looking at you and how to get noticed at the pool is have fun with your kids i remember being on a beach yeah. one time and there was a mom who was by all intents and purposes could have been on the sidelines very self-conscious she was down on her hands and knees building that sandcastle and i just thought what a fantastic mom i want to be just like her yeah. I noticed I her. That. I didn't notice the bikini bods at the pool. Yeah. I noticed that mom and 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 we ended up kind of interacting that day and I just wanted her to know like I saw her showing up as yeah. a fantastic mom, you know, and that's just what we all want. My mom, she didn't wear shorts until she was like 40 years old because of her varicose veins, and I remember mm -hmm. her always talking about it how like I could only wear pants and she was sweating in the summer. She was so hot. She never wore a swimsuit in front of us ever because that would be exposing her legs. And then we went short shopping. And she was, like, shocked that, like, nobody cared, nobody <laughs> commented, and she could be cool in the summer. It was just, like, yeah. mind-blowing. But it took her 40 years, you know? Yeah. And so for anybody I listening, have, like, it's, like, what's the thing that's holding you back from just living your life and living your yeah. best life, right? Sorry to interrupt. No, I was going to say, it's been really fun, like, I need to listen to that episode, by the way, it sounds awesome, um, but it's been really fun getting messages from moms, and even grandmas, which have been the funnest ones, where they say, like, I, you encouraged me, and I'm finally going to, I finally got in the pool with my kids, and I finally did this, and um, there was this cute grandma who said she had never swam with her own kids, but some of my posts had helped her feel confident enough, and she sent me a picture of her coming down the water slide with her grandkids, and it started oh. making me cry. It was, she was so happy, and she was she was just like, thank you, you know, and, and it's not me that she needs to think yeah. or anything like that, but it was, it's been so fun to get those messages, and on the flip side, I get messages of, of regret, you know, like of moms that it's past the point where they can't do anything about it, wishing they would have, um, you know, and it's all over the place from so it's just the physical insecurities that held them back in some form of an, or another. So maybe it was swimming. Um, I had a really sweet mom that sent me a message once about how she had never gotten in a picture with her kids. Um, she was like, I just never took pictures because I was so insecure about the way I looked. And then her 
she and I I think her message really resonated with me because she was she said she was six feet tall she was this really um big and I'm like six feet tall she was I don't know she just to me probably sounded like she had the same body type as me and she just said I hated being so big my whole life and then I had a son with disabilities and I realized what my body was for was like she was taking care of him until until adulthood and she had to carry him and it was she was like, that was what my body was for. But then the sad thing was she recognized what her body was for, but she still didn't like what she looked like. Mm-hmm. And he passed away when he was 25 years old. And she said he, she couldn't find a single picture in her that she had with her and him. And it like, I broke down she said, That's because I'm like, we there's, and that's an extreme situation, but there are people who are literally missing out on so much because they care what their arms look like or what their stomach looks like and it's just so stupid like some in in a really like tough love kind of way people will say but how like you always say this but how how do you actually have that body positivity and I just I just say you know like you actually have a body that's really all that matters there's people who die of cancer every day and accidents and sickness and there's all this stuff and I bet you the mom that dying of cancer on her bed would give anything to have a body that was 300 pounds of whatever, because it, it really doesn't matter. Like you have a body that breathes and you get to live your life and you get to spend time with the people you care about. Like who cares what it looks like? It doesn't matter. It truthfully doesn't matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know. I just, I obviously feel passionate. Yeah. Preach it. Yeah. (laughs) No. And that is just such a great wake up reminder. And don't wait until it's too late. You know, like sometimes we wait for these trigger moments of challenges or diagnosis or a loss. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of wake up. The beauty is tomorrow, most of us get to wake up. And we get to start a new day and we get to choose and we get to live and we get to put on our bathing suit or we get to run with our kids or we get to bake cookies. We get to do whatever we want. Yeah. So what sounds fun? What sounds meaningful? Do those things. Focus on those things. And I bet you'll think a lot less about your stomach and your cellulite if you're so busy spending your energy not thinking about that but doing the things that matter. Right? Yeah. Yes. So true. Oh, my gosh. Could go all day, all day. (laughs) So for as much as you are public and open and vulnerable online, is there anything people would be surprised to know about you? I don't know. I really am an open book. I'm like, what would people not know? I don't know. I feel like I've – I really feel like I've shared so much. But I don't know. I feel like – I feel like if anything, people probably don't know that – I have uh, reservations and anxiety about what I do almost every day. Really? <laughs> like, I feel I feel like I juggle a lot between doing something I'm really passionate about, but trying, like, it's literally the most impossible trap of trying to balance. Like, I hate that word. I hate mm-hmm. it all. But I, I do a lot, and I feel like, um, you know how there's that line where people say, like, don't, it's like, stop the glorification of busy? Mm-hmm. I have like the opposite problem where I pretend I'm, I try to tell people I'm not busy because I don't want them to feel like. Yes. I don't tell people all my jobs ever. And then they find out like you're, you're on a work trip and I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Cause then I feel like I lose like, credibility cause I'm like stretched yeah. too thin. Ah, no, yeah. It's, yeah. It's weird. So I just feel like, um, one thing that's kind of weird about the work I do online is I feel like I've, I've, 
uh, have one-sided relationships with people Mm. in that, you know, like I'll have a friend I haven't talked to in three or four years, um, say something to me and they, they're like, well, we're all caught up. I follow you online. I'm like, I don't know anything you're doing because you don't do anything online. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the appearance of me being busy holds, um, holds back some relationships Mm. in that I feel like sometimes people don't call me or invite me places because they're like oh she's busy um she can't do this I feel like the people in a weird way I'm like I feel like I talk to strangers every day on the internet but the people closest to me I don't hear from Mm. that much because I don't know it just looks different so I don't know if I I don't I think it looks like I have it all figured out and I really don't and I'm really just winging it and trying my best and just hoping at the end of the day that I have like the big check marks off of things that really matter to me done um but I feel like that's most people in that you just try your best and like, I don't know. I just worry sometimes that it's like some, that it looks like I have it all together or something when I, cause that is something a lot of people say, how do you mm-hmm, do it all? How mm-hmm. do you do it all? How do you do it all? How tall are you? How do you do it all? How do you do it all? Where'd you get your swimsuit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's just funny, but yeah. um, like no, no one's doing it all. I'm not, I struggle every day with like, am I spending my time in the right places? I have to, um, mentally check myself all the time for how much time I'm spending on my phone. And I don't know, it's just, um, just a constant battle, you know, trying to like prioritize. Yeah. And for each new day and new season, you just constantly have to be reevaluating and that's true for yeah. everybody. And that's not yeah. easy because we can kind of get in, in a routine and in a habit that sometimes it stops working and you don't even realize that it's not really working for you anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to be really aware. This is a question that I've asked a few guests that I really love the answer to. Um, what's the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn or something that you're still working on learning? I think one of the lessons that's taken me a long time to learn that I still have to remind myself is that your worth is the same all the time. And it's not measured by like there's literally nothing you could do more or less to make your worth change like it's like an infinite value and I feel like being an achiever like you were saying earlier I sometimes place my worth on achievements and things that seem more tangible but really self-checking that that doesn't change anything um no matter how much I do or how little I do, or if I quit everything tomorrow and never did anything again, that I wouldn't be any less of a person. And it's like, you know that, but really thinking it and feeling it and practicing it and knowing that it's okay if this doesn't happen and it's okay. Like, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's a lesson I continually have to learn over and over again um, to not tie myself um, so tightly to, I don't know, different achievements Either way, you know, if you do something that really screws up and messes things up, not feeling like your worth is changing that direction or that you're gaining more worth or something, I don't know. Mm, Just that it's really like this infinite value that everyone has that doesn't change. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that's one that I have to keep learning. (laughs) Yeah. Your worthiness is not tied to your worth. Your worth is is stable all the time. Yes. And it's 100% (laughs) all the time. And sometimes we feel like our worthiness as a mom, as a woman, as anybody, as a friend, sometimes we feel like we're just not there, but your yeah. worth is the same. And so you just show up again and you show up tomorrow yeah. and you just keep going. I love that. I love that. <clears throat> so where can people find you online, Ashley? 
Um, I'm mostly on Instagram at Ashley's Fresh Fix, and that's pretty much yep. where you can find me. Yeah, <laughs> I technically have like Facebook and blogs and stuff like that, but why even do? Um, why even point people there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I always ask my guests just one final question, and it's this, Ashley. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Do it your own way. I just, like, I mean, like we were saying earlier, I feel like it's a lot of wasted time trying to do life, what other people do, and trying to match that and just do what feels right to you and, like, follow that internal compass that you have Um, because I think when you do it your own way, you actually live a better life. You really do, you know? You don't waste time and energy on other things and other people that don't matter. Yeah. That's great advice. Ashley, I love everything you're doing. You are an extraordinary mom and just somebody that inspires me every day to live my best life, to be intentional, and to just keep going. So thank you so much for taking the time to share your motherhood journey today. Happy to. Thank you for having me. What an inspiring conversation. And I know that I learned so much more about Ashley beyond just the businesses that she runs and the success she has online, but hearing what's behind the scenes and the ins and outs of her motherhood journey and the things that she continues to work on and struggle through, it just makes it so relatable to all of us. So whether you have a business or you're online and you have a presence there or not, It does not matter. We're all working towards owning our own story, being confident in who we are, contributing in our own way. And I am just so proud of Ashley for finding her space in this world and for living true and authentically to who she is and who God created her to be. Your kids are lucky, Ashley. Thank you for coming on the show. Okay, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. If you want to see pictures of Ashley and her kids and links to anything we talked about, including the episode called How to Get Noticed at the Pool, you can go over to ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com to find all of that. Coming up this Friday, I have Tiffany King as my guest. Tiffany is a cookbook author, and she is a big fan, proponent, and cheerleader of people eating at home. So her cookbook is designed around busy moms making dinner happen for their families in simple, healthy ways. She's going to give you tips for meal planning. This also goes very much along well with downloading that app of Ashley's I mentioned, Favor Eats. If you can't remember that name because you're driving or something, just go to the show notes. It'll be linked there, but definitely download that. If you have an iPhone currently, that's the only place you can get it, but they are working on an Android app. But Tiffany King is coming on, like I said, and we're going to chat about her motherhood journey, what dinner has looked like in her home as her kids have gotten older, and tips and meal ideas for your family that you can implement this week. You're going to love, love, love that episode. So thanks for tuning into the podcast, everybody, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.